Oh, there it is. Okay. He's half of a bitch. Where? Okay, here we go. I didn't even roll mm. up yet. I think I got him. Yeah, but that's what I was saying. Like, oh, you sound better. You hear it now? For our fourth episode, we interview clinical mental health therapist Felicia Maxwell to share wellness gems to help us cope with this challenging year. Felicia, also known as Philly, is a social worker by day and an entrepreneur by night. Philly currently works as a program coordinator for the Urban League of Broward County and also serves as a life and communications coach, prayer warrior, and charter member of the Fort Lauderdale Millennial Wives Club. Philly also manages a life law called Philly State of Mind and has launched many products associated with the brand, including her first audiobook, You and Somebody's Son, a clothing line, and a luxury candle room spray collection of Velo Luxury that launched on Black Friday, all available on her website, phillystateofmind.com. We spoke to Philly about breaking the stigma of mental illness in the Black community, prioritizing our mental health, identifying the source of our trauma, and more. Stay tuned for the full interview coming up next. <laughs> accredited, honey. Accredited. Resume long. Resume real long. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Super yeah, excited thanks. having Philly today for our series. Um, also, my best friend. Love you to death. She has been <laughs> advocating for my mental health since she has met me. So um, we're going to get into that a little later, you know. But as far as really closing out this year has been a year. You know, we have gone through a lot, suffered a lot of losses, the whole pandemic, lots of things going on. Uh, mental health, we, you know, is serious. It's critical. It's a serious disease that, you know, within our community, we already know is a huge stigma about. So we're really excited to speak to Philly today to get her takes on the importance of mental health and making sure, like we say at the end of all of our episodes, that we're taking care of ourselves, mm-hmm. taking care of ourselves. You know, that is the main priority. So, Philly, do you want to uh, give a little about yourself, a little background, anything I may have missed in your fabulous intro that you want to share? <laughs> so, um, as you said, I am currently transitioning to full-time entrepreneurship. I am tired of the hamster wheel, ready to get off, <laughs> scared to get out there, but I'm just like itching to get out there. So, I've been yes, uh, working right. this year on birthing everything that's inside of me. I'm sowing seeds. I'm I'm working. I done pushed out my baby, my audio book. <laughs> um, and so it's just so many things. I, I get a lot of dreams, a lot of ideas, and I just sit on them. So it, this is the year, 2020, clear vision to just execute. And so that's what I did this year is really try to execute a lot of things that's just been on my heart to do. I am one of 12. Um, 12 siblings. Kids um, mm-hmm. come from a Caribbean, Jamaican background. Um, and I have a bonus son and I'm married, been married for three years now. Um, so here that, that is, I think that's about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And so, you know, within your field specifically, like I mentioned before, there's a huge stigma. I know with you and me, as far as an indicator of what is that indicator for mental health, like within your profession, is it you know, we always say, oh, well, we're not crazy and we don't need to be on medication. We think that someone has to be laid out on the street, sprawled, you know, screaming to be admitted into some type of um, 
you know, health facility. And, you know, as Nisha and I have spoke about before, there's, you know, different arms of mental health. There's the clinical mm-hmm. side, holistic side, you know, so there's not every either, I guess, uh, function is better than another. They all work differently for, you know, certain people. But for you within your field, what would you consider, I guess, the indicator for a need for that mental health? I would say that um, just in general, we're human beings, right? We go through everyday stressors and it really makes a lot of sense to see someone to talk that through. Sometimes your good girlfriend, your mother, your father, they can't talk to you. Sometimes they can't even see it or maybe they see it. They see that something's wrong with you, but they're not brave enough to tap into that because they feel like they don't have the clinical knowledge to say those things to you or maybe they don't want to offend you. So you know, everyday stresses that come from work, from past traumas and childhood that we continue to grow um, in our age, but we're still stuck in a lot of the things that has happened in our past. So a lot of people don't know even some of those deep, dark things that you've endured. And right. so when when some, when you meet other people along the way, they trigger certain things and bring out certain things that you thought you had buried, but you didn't. So then it's good to just, for me to, to seek mental health and learning about the field and being in that that field it really was like you know aha moment like you know it's not only for crazy people because prior to me um going into that major I really thought so too I was like well therapy for crazy people because Mm -hmm. I mean I witnessed my brother die at a young age I was 12 Mm -hmm. when I witnessed my oldest brother um dying like literally at our house and I remember um, everybody else was like, you guys didn't get therapy. I'm like, therapy for what? We not crazy. And, right. you know, it's, it's like, until I saw a therapist around that age, that's when A, I even made the decision to go the route of becoming a clinical therapist. And then B, like really checking on myself. The field allows you to do a lot of self-awareness, a yes. lot of self-assessments in class. And so it just brings up all the things that you you didn't know about yourself. So it really is getting to know yourself inside and out so that you can help people. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. makes sense. And it really resonates because I remember, you know, I, I think my first stint with therapy was like two years ago. And it was just that, like I had a major life event uh, with my brother that triggered a lot of things that I didn't even know, like full on panic attack talking about things that happened years ago that just bubbled up out of that event and I was like yeah I need to go (laughs) I need to talk to somebody about this and just what I found it just helps kind of clarify like that mental fog right like Mm -hmm. having that third party neutral sounding board to kind of help you make sense out of what's going on in your world and what's happening internally Yeah. yeah and definitely as I tell people all the time you know I think as human beings, what we do is we bury, we bury stuff. Mm -hmm. And I always say like a rug, imagine having an area rug that you're pushing clothes under. Eventually you're Mm going to trip up and you're going to trip over those things. So you can keep burying all you want, but one day you're going to trip and you're going to fall. You might hit your head, which is when you go to a mental institution because you've hit rock bottom because you buried so many things. So it it really is very deep rooted stuff. I love the fact that you hit on that burying piece too, because just thinking about systems, like I feel like that is so rooted in like white supremacy and having to put on this gotta be strong, gotta get through, gotta be tough type of thing. Oh my God. And it just carries on into all aspects of your life. It's crazy. 
Yeah, Definitely. and I was going to mention that just depression within just within the black community, like, you know, like yeah. I mentioned before, there's a serious stigma. So I want to talk about that, the, the stigmas that really surround mental health um, and its overall credibility, really, just within our community. Um, so yeah. I did a little research. OK, so I found the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has like this arm, apparently, that focuses specifically on mental health. So um, it's called healthypeople.gov, and they report that mental health mental illness is among the highest of all diseases and it's also amongst the most common cause of disability. So I think like third party validation, um, in addition to a more diverse representation in the field, like therapists, such as yourself, women of color, you know, who are really educating themselves, getting themselves into the field, um, in the doctorate program, you know, busting they ass like you to, you know, <laughs> be able to provide these types of services to other women of color. Um, so, and, you know, I know that was with my, my situation. I started or tried, I guess, attempted therapy about two years ago myself. My therapist was a white woman who I just had no connection with, you know, at all. And I know Philly, you know, thanks to you, you introduced me to um, uh, Therapy for Black Girls, therapyforblackgirls.com, where I found my current therapist. Love her. It's been an instant connection since. So I mentioned those as like a few examples, but what do you think um, have you found has been really breaking that stigma within our community? Um, and if, you know, even beyond that, what needs to be done more to like really shatter it? Because I think we're getting, you know, we're getting better. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> we're not, we're yeah. not talking as wild as we were like, oh, you crazy. Like we're really focusing on taking care of ourselves. So what do you think has been helping kind of curb that narrative and what needs to be done moving forward to really shatter it completely? Okay, so I think that what I've seen and I've been so excited, my heart is like overjoyed to see celebrities have been bringing us shedding a light on therapists yeah. they're like yes. getting therapy Charlemagne the god um i know kanye west say he had been admitted a couple of times and just seeing these big name people like getting help i think it normalized it right it's yeah, like oh well sure. you know everybody in their eyes they're like celebrities they're perfect but we know that they're humans too and so i think that sends out the message that it's okay especially for men, I think with Charlemagne doing that and talking, he had his whole open show and everything. I, I thought that was so beautiful. Like I literally sh shed a little tear because I was so excited because I know men go through so many stressors and mm -hmm. they don't have an outlet. And that's honestly why men A, die first. B, mm -hmm. they they just end up going completely insane and taking yeah. taking the, the horrible route. And then they, they're in and out of prison systems. I mean, there's so many barriers up for the black men and, and they are not taught to be in touch with their their emotions mm -hmm. and really communicating their feeling feelings. So I think with all that being said, like, you know, that shedding like the celebrities shedding light, I mm -hmm. think that the shows are now normalizing therapy. And every show there's like something about therapy and just inclusion, like period, you know. So I yeah. think that the, the writers and, and directors are doing a better job of putting it out there. Because, you know, you subconsciously, you're watching a movie, but it is telling you, it's giving you a message that you take with you from that movie and from that show. Yeah, so we I talked about that, that on one of our episodes. Shows, huh? I said, we talked about that on one of our episodes, just, you know, yeah. what we're taking in and how it unconsciously, yep. Yeah, yeah. It take, you take it in. And, and so it starts to normalize those things. So as yeah. you said, we're making a dent. And I think a lot of social media influencers have been talking about that. And just just people that everybody holds on, on, on a pedestal in a sense, you're not opening up about 
okay, I have a therapist. It's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. It's normal. And I was like, girl, it's like another bag. Like, girl, you got that bag too? Right. Okay. Like, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Oh my God. You said What's that? your therapist's yeah. name? Who you right. 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 I was just laughing with my brother, my younger brother, Zion. He's 17 years old. I over, he stayed with me just, you know, over the holiday week. I overheard him telling one of his little friends, like, oh, yeah, my, my sister's in therapy and she loves I'm like, don't be, you know, but at first, <laughs> my first reaction is like, don't be telling your little friends. But I'm like, no, you know what? They should know mental yeah. health. A 30 year old is in mental health. You know, it, it has therapy and it is OK. I'm not out here wild and crazy because, you know, we have to break those barriers down as far as whatever the stigma yeah, is yeah. that it's weak, like you said, associating special. I want to get on you, Elijah. OK, we're going to put you on the spot because we're speaking about <laughs> black men. And, you know, their mental health and, you know, how they're really coping with a lot, you know, having that need to be strong, not, you know, no cry, not crying and put on this space. You know, I think that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And like Nisha said, it's rooted in supremacy. It's rooted in, you know, this. Everything. Yeah. I think what needs to further be done to finish, to crack it, right, to crack it wide open it's just, just consistently just to be consistent about it right because I right. think some people I think like especially with African-American cultures we hop on you know like something's new and hot we hopping on like okay therapy is hot now but maybe it won't be hot in another month or two or a year you know yeah. it, it just needs to be I believe it needs to be consistent um consistency um with with therapy I believe that you know it needs to be a conversation like people need to open their home to have a therapist come in and do family sessions right I mean I love doing family sessions that was like the best part of like therapy I would go in the home and I would do these communication like exercises with the families Mm -hmm. and I would literally like and and it's so crazy just something as simple the communication exercise was like a picture right Mm -hmm. it would be like a picture of a triangle but you have to explain to the person what it is but without telling them so imagine you trying to describe what shape you're seeing to everybody. And I found that the way men explain things were more in measurements. They're like, go draw this over uh, this amount of inches to the right, mm-hmm. this amount of whatever. And, and females explained and communicated things more in words. And it was very lengthy. <laughs> and so it was just like, the guy would be get frustrated, like get to the point, like what is this picture <laughs> right. I'm drawing? And then, and then I would be confused when the guy would explain it because I'm not good with measurements like that. So it's like inches to the right, I don't know. Like right. <laughs> tell me in the middle, on the bottom, at the top, like get really specific. And so, I mean, family sessions would definitely do, break so many generational curses, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just really open up the doors, the windows, everything. And <laughs> right. The family secrets mm-hmm. that's been sitting there, all the molestation, mm-hmm. all of that rape stuff, all everything that people have endured that they that they the family just kind of pushed under the rug. And that yeah. is what burns inside of a lot of people. And they take that and they carry that and they carry that stuff. And they unpack it in marriages, they unpack it in mm-hmm. friendships, they unpack it in anywhere that they go, you know what, even at work. So those things show up. And we don't realize, we don't know what's normal until we meet somebody else and they're like, girl, that's not normal. It's not normal that your daddy creeps in the bed with you every night. That's right. not normal. You know, like, so until you you start to talk about, have the, the real conversations, open up the, the house. Um, I think African-American community is very secretive and it's mm-hmm. our Absolutely. business stays in our house. 
our family stuff stays between us. It's it's like this secret. And God forbid the old people die, the secret dies with them. Then you don't even know yeah. half of the thing. So I think that's what further needs to be done. That we just really need to be open to the process of really busting the walls down and really mm-hmm. tackling some of the heavy things that have been from generations before. Breaking those generational curses. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. I'm into that. And we definitely are secretive. I, I, I told y'all about, about the cards that I got on that first episode. It's a family version. I have been attempting to play this game with my family for about two months now, and we're not getting anywhere because it is a lot of secrets. It's a lot of, you know, certain people don't want certain family, you know, it's all these things and we keep it. If someone's sick, no one need, like we can't tell anybody. My my brother busted his head. We can't tell anybody. Grandma can't know. Auntie can't know. No one needs know our business. They may know something. They can help potentially, right. but no, it's always yeah. like, well, what's the big deal? Why is it a, such a big deal? But it comes from that secretive, you know, culture. I and, exactly. and I just and yeah. I was about to say, mm-hmm. I think Even it's really- a part of that post traumatic slave syndrome. Like secrecy yeah. was survival at one point. You That's know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, and I said every time I hear, but every time I have these conversations, it's like it has to go. We have to shift our our paradigm from surviving to like a thrival mode. Right. And I I don't think that means that we have to know all the answers of what that looks like in in totality. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's 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 making those small steps. Like, I think you hit on some big things. Like I was over here writing notes like as you're talking like that's that that like what I got from you, what resonated with me is the fact that therapy is, is treatment, right? It's a tool that should be used mm-hmm. in conjunction with things. So like, as you were talking, what was going on in my head and, and dismantling that stigma is thinking that therapy is, is one thing and it's the only thing, right? Like it's only mm-hmm. meds, it's only talking, it's only this, right? Cause what came to my mind was like, well, we just going to go like the pray it aways, right? And it's not saying right. that anything is wrong with religion, right? But right. just like how religion is your guiding tool, therapy is your navigating tool. It is your perception tool. It is used right. in conjunction with your religion. It is used in conjunction with your spiritual, uh, your spirituality and your spiritual rituals. Spiritual rituals. <laughs> <laughs> it's in conjunction Absolutely. with the meds and all that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. a one all be all type of thing. And and with the secrets, it's it's truth telling. It's a way to verbalize and validate yeah. your truth. That's like, healing in itself. It's very healing in itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely have to change it. And that's the thing. I think um sometimes our um, we're closed minded to think that we can't change a narrative. So mm-hmm. what my mama and daddy been through this and that. I still have the pen. The pen right. is still in my hand to write on a brand new page. Yeah. It ends with them, period. Right? right, they uh, behind them. You put a period, and you start a brand new chapter. And so, so people have to get into the idea of, of opening their minds. I, I always say this, even though we are no longer in those physical shackles, a lot of people's minds are in shackles. And yeah. so, it's an undoing of so mm-hmm. many hundreds and thousands of years of stuff being mm-hmm. oppressed in so many different ways that you know people are stuck. And it's the the rebellious people like me that's like no. And right, then, and, right. And then every now and again, you have like that tribe that the ones that the Harriet Tubman's, the Rosa Parks, the, the ones always that always mm-hmm. you know, go against yep. the grain for a change, you know. And that's how I am. I'm like, listen, yeah. you tell me no, I'm finding a way to get a yes. 
Like yeah. that's how I am. And I'm like, I couldn't have been a slave because baby, I would have been uh let's <laughs> let's figure out how to escape. Like that would have been me. <laughs> like I couldn't yeah. been, you know. Excellent. Yeah, and and, and, and mental illness is like this. Like people, if you broke your arm, you wouldn't just be like, Oh, let's pray about your arm. Like you right. need to go seek medical help and then you're gonna pray while you're getting the medical attention. Exactly. And so that's what people need to realize with mental mental health is yeah, you can pray all day because I do believe a lot of the, the mental illness are spirits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that are, are attached to people. And so, yeah, you could pray and be in a prayer where I could pray, I could pray down anything, okay? But it's, it's okay. something that- <laughs> She really can. Something that just need the right attention. And that's why God put these people here to do the job, to fill in the gap and do the things on earth that needs to be done. So that's that's what I have to say about that. I love this topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, because when you were talking, it Mommy made me bring it in like my spiritual bag a little bit. Like like everything that you were saying just resonated as being connected to source, right? Mm-hmm. Like those moments when you're just like, mm, that ain't really sitting right with my spirit. I don't really think I want to do that. Right, <laughs> like right, you right. do have to have a, a certain level of self-awareness and connectivity, to, connection to source rather. You know, and when I say source, I mean self. Like, what is it that feeds discernment? Right, my right discernment for what is in alignment with me. Like, for sure, Mm -hmm. to to have to catch those those choice points. Be like, "Eh, no, I'm gonna do something different. (laughs) Right, right. Honor the gut. The gut tells you everything. Yeah, absolutely. That intuition is real. That you giving me big Pisces energy right now. I just want to let she you know. Is, I know she is. I know. I know. It's like this she is, is a Pisces. Pisces. So right insightful, now. so intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it talking that, Chad. Don't get it talking. My therapist actually just gave me that advice though on my last session. Like, follow your gut. You need to follow your gut and stop, you know, wavering against your boundaries. Like, you know, your initial yeah. thought is always correct. As a matter of fact, I just had this conversation with my daddy. <laughs> And we were talking about sweet potato pie, okay? Because, okay, it, I'm gonna get, it's, it's, it's serious. Like my, my mother asked, like, you know, you want to take a pie? And when she asked me, out, I, I start, I, y'all know I, I think out loud very often. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like I said, do I want to take a whole pie? Like, I don't know if I want a whole pie. It took me about five minutes to, to work out in my head, like, will it fit in the fridge? Am I really going to eat a whole pie? And then, you know, it's like an actual science to, okay, if it's cut up, like, for example, apples. When apples came out in slices, apple revenue went up, skyrocketed. Mm. It's a mental thing. People just, it's just, you know, you, you think it's, it's lower portions, it's easier because right. we're kind of lazy. It, it's the right. same concept with pie. I thought about all this. I'm like, well, I probably would eat the pie. I would likely eat the pie if they're slices versus like if it's a whole pie. So then he was like, why didn't you just, why didn't you just go with your initial reaction, which is nah. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> You know, I don't want a whole like, yeah, like, and, but the fact that I thought all that through, and it's like, you know, y'all, I know y'all heard that as well. That typically, when you're making a decision, your first, what your first reaction is, is typically the right reaction. The more you think about it, the long, you know, it's typically wrong. You're gonna make the wrong decision. So. It's the same. I think it's the same concept. You try to find reasons as to why that first initial thought is incorrect. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. Like, and yeah. second guess yourself. with ourselves. That's what right. we're doing. Right, exactly. When we really should just trust our gut instincts. Yeah. Our, our, our gut knows. No, I was just going to say, I think that comes from like this whole narrative around like impulse, impulsiveness, like that, like go, like just jumping like that or just yeah. saying yeah. like, yep, nope. 
it, it lends itself to being like impulsive and that's like bad <laughs> in mm-hmm. our society. So we convince yeah, ourselves that we have to do all this happens. rationalizing for right. people. For right. a simple decision as pie. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. I mean, with those things, you just have to think of worst case, best case scenario, right? The best case scenario is you eat all the pie. The worst case scenario is you don't eat all the pie. Is anybody going to die if you throw it in the trash? No, just throw it away. Yeah, yeah. I, I realized it was also connected to my need to not waste food. They oh, actually, it's, I was mm-hmm. reading a book, what is it? The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. <laughs> I've heard of that oh, book. I've seen a lot of people read yeah, it. Mark, yeah, Mark. I'm trying to see the, the author's name from where I'm sitting, but I can't see it. It's Mark somebody, Mark M, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And they were talking about how, exact, like exactly this, right? Like how we, we, cause ourselves to go into this thinking loop like this this um I can't remember exactly what he called it it was something like the 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 fuck loop or something like that like you're just constantly thinking like well if I do this and then that'll lead to that that's how I think yeah that's like Issa Rae yeah at the end of the day (laughs) yeah exactly yeah, that is Issa Rae. Oh my God, thinking about her when she just be talking to herself like, oh, should I? And then she I told y'all that thing. whole show was my life. I, I was I'm serious like, about oh my that. God, Lisa, make this thing <laughs> and stop it. Right, right. But just how that is like a pull on your mental health, mm-hmm. right? Like, like some things just aren't that fucking deep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And a lot not of every decision is a life altering decision. Yeah, right. And I always say, just make a list. Make a list of of pros and cons. That's like the easiest way to rule out just almost anything. Yeah. Um, whether it's in dating, okay, what is the pros and cons of this person in my life? Do they add value? Do they not? Things like that. Even in the decision of, oh, should I buy this item? Am I going nowhere? Why am I buying a new pair of shoes in this pandemic? Like, I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. You know how many times I've told myself that? Like, where are you going? You got it. That's you your best buy line. In a pandemic? In a pandemic. That's how I saved during this pandemic because you know, like you get an itch to want to buy, but I'm like, yeah. but where am I going? Right. Though? Yeah, I'm buying exactly. and I'm wearing a mask. Like, where am I going? <laughs> right, right. And Eli, I want to put you on the spot, just from a male's perspective, you know, within mental health. And I want to hear your perspective too, Philly, from what you're seeing. Um, but Eli, as far as like, and you know, with your folks, which and we know you're a unicorn. We know this. We understand. <laughs> so it's very likely not going to be the common answer. However, as far as like you know, how you're speaking about it, you know, with men? Are, are you, is this a topic that's coming up? How, and, and if so, what are the terms like you guys that are using? Is it, you know, y'all, y'all need to go see someone. Do you see your friends really going to therapy, seeking that out? Or is it in vices, essentially, you know, pure escapism? Yeah, I mean, I think naturally we are seeing more of a shift towards mental health being like an everyday practice. Like I have yeah. a therapist. A lot of my friends have therapists. Like I recommend therapy to black men all the time. Um, I love the part um, that uh, sister said earlier around um, family therapy. Because mm-hmm. when you were saying it, I was thinking in my head like, yeah, like that family therapy is extremely important. I think a lot of times that would help with a lot of communication and especially when it comes in terms of like your personal relationships or like your intimate relationships, like they would really help. Because a lot of times that drama plays out in those relationships a lot. Um, and the other thing I could just kept thinking about was like affordability and and accessibility, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like prior, like back in the 1970s when they were doing like the whole healthcare thing 
Reagan came in during the 80s and got rid of like all the healthcare clinic facilities, like how that was, you know, like that's a form of like medical racism, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. racism. Like a lot of our folks, like they used to have a place where they could go to, you know, so they can get the things that they need because we all need therapy. We And some of us maybe even have like some chemical things, but mm-hmm. not having the access to it or not knowing where to go get it or not being able to afford it, I think is the other thing. So I think that's another thing that I've been seeing in terms of when we talk about the healthcare movement, I don't think we think about mental health sometimes in the form of like reparations, right? Like mental health, free mental health care, like free health care. If we get free health care, then that's free mental health care. And to help us like with a lot of our trauma that mm-hmm. we've been dealing with because of like oppression, then that would be a reparation like in itself. Like, so like even folks thinking about it, like in those terms, in terms of like, yeah, like it's a resistance to radical tactic, like mm-hmm. actually going to get health like making sure that your mental health is good is resistance because the system actually doesn't want you to do it. Like they actually want you to stay in that, right? So when you're doing it, it's actually like an act of resistance. It's, it's actually a thing where I wish we would think about it more in those terms of where it's like, yeah, you want to one radical, the most radical thing you could do is self-love as that's what I always say. So one of those yeah. ways to do that is to make sure that you're good on all fronts, right? Not just emotional and spiritual, but mental physical like making sure that all your levels are like are good right and I love the the thing earlier around mental health being like the tool that you use to navigate things right like when you want to you go to church to feed yourself spiritually right you don't go to if you want to get your praise on you want to go to the gym now you might praise while you're in the gym but that's not necessarily (laughs) that you're going to right like but that's not (laughs) the place you're going to to get fed spiritually right so I think that's the same thing we got to think about it where it sounds like is this the right food for you where it's like if you need mental health then go get a therapist like that's the food that you need to be feeding yourself you praying for it helps absolutely but it's not the food that you need um particularly like to feel to feel the thing that you need to get filled so yeah like um I'm all for mental health and I always tell folks like go see a therapist like please even if you don't (laughs) think you need a therapist get a therapist and just that consistency like that's the hardest part consistency and finding somebody that fits for you like I have my therapist is a black woman uh Dr. Renee she's amazing um but you know it fits like I just was one of those lucky ones like but I have tried therapy before this before and it didn't so it was like it's also one of those things where you know it's a it's a fit like it's not always gonna be and I'm glad you mentioned that earlier too Imani in terms of like you know sometimes you just gotta feel it out yeah and but yeah but I think the main thing to me would just be like getting people access to it and make and so that it's affordable like I feel like it should be free like it really should be free. Like people were talking about the post-traumatic uh, slavery piece. Like that that piece is true, but I also just think about it just in our times in general, like yeah. the post-traumatic drama like that we get all the time, just living in the current times. Right. Like in the current times, shit is traumatic as fuck. We have to deal mm-hmm. with traumatic shit. We see people die on the internet every day. Like mm-hmm. that's traumatic as fuck. Like. And we just have to like normalize it and and go about our day, which is crazy. So it's just good to see. Um, it's just good to see like the ongoing mental health movement. And I just hope folks make it a part of their lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I heard so she was mentioned earlier around like trends, but if you make it a part of your lifestyle, if you make it a habit, then I think it's a good healthy habit to like develop. Absolutely. I love the food reference. Perfect yeah. timing after Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> Not so always I feel like I have a, a, 
another kind of like broad follow-up question, right? Especially like when it comes to men, like how, how, and I guess just no other way to say it than to say it, but like, how can we start helping, I guess, convince for lack of a better word, our black men to start taking care of themselves more in that way? Cause I feel like sometimes in my experience, you know, I'm met with resistance, right? Like, <laughs> like how, how can I start getting the black men around me to start prioritizing their, their physical and mental health? I think when anything, right, because of like how patriarchy is, I think it has to just, I think it has to, unfortunately, like it has to feel more masculine for me, like, like the masculinized mm-hmm. therapy in terms of like, that's why I just oppose the other men that like, you know, like real men do therapy, like, you know, not knocking that saying that you're not a man if you don't have therapy, but I'm just saying right. like, just to give him that emphasis of like, yes, like I'm in therapy, like men, we do therapy, like black men, we do therapy, like being able to take care of your mental self is like being like a man, like there's like a thing that we do where we talk about like just all the different phases in terms of like, you know, mental health is a big, big part of like who you are, right? I think because of how oppression works, right? We're not always able to focus on all the different things, like in terms of emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually, like all at once. But I de- but you know, like it's one of those things where it's like, that's what you have to do. And it's, and it's tough because a lot of times we have to usually kind of pick maybe one or two but it's like ideally you want to be able to be able to navigate in an arena where you're doing all four like simultaneously right where you're always feeding all of those different things you know at at any given time instead of just having to focus on one or two um so yeah it's just one of those things where i don't know if you're asking in terms of like what women can do i mean i think you all have always been supportive in terms of trying to get us to do therapy right like i can just think on my head like how many of them was like yeah you need to go to therapy there you need to get there you know like it yeah. would be a lot of a lot of my women friends that were always constantly um doing it but i think it's just one of those things you just it's a, it's got to be normalized like when you're in a group of people where it's like majority of us have a therapist then it starts to be like well damn because then you start asking yourself like why don't i have a therapist like if mm-hmm. i got therapists and they go like so it's just one of those things where it's it just has to get normalized really like in in their in their group settings in their homeboy settings like you know mm-hmm. it's just one of those things yeah and philly i want to ask you like as far as um because you know eli mentioned a few different you know as far as the struggle really to handle it all so i know you know this year in 2020 miss you were very busy you handled you know as far as <laughs> handling the mental aspect, economics. I know you you, you started a few, you know, sub-businesses with your brand. Um, you have a lot going on as far as advice for, you know, our people to, you know, really prioritize this and, you know, how I, we can't handle it all at one time or we can't, you know, tackle it all or tackle all the pillars, but what would be your advice in um, really prioritizing that this year? Well, definitely um, with with mental health. I mean, mental health is just like overarching, right? You're always going to need your mental health. You, like I always say, you can't pour from an empty cup. If you're Mm -hmm. empty and you're exhausted and drained mentally, physically, emotionally, you can't function in any, you can't function for your business. You can't function for your job. You can't function for school. You can't function for anything that you're planning to do. So, you know, it is, it should be our top most priority. Yeah, we're wearing masks to cover up and make sure that we're, we're healthy and we're safe. But what about our mental health? 
you know, that needs to be uh, covered up and make and make sure that we're we're doing good in that department. So I would say definitely, um, as you guys have mentioned before, you can't. Um, it, it's like when you're trying to get a new nail tech or or a new beautician. You don't just go to one. I mean, sometimes you go and you get it. You you can find out. a new one. Yeah, like, and then yeah. like it clicks. And then obviously, if that person leaves for any reason, they're like, damn, I, I need a new nail tech. I need whatever. <laughs> but it doesn't. It doesn't just fit all the time. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, and I think people give up too easily with their mental health. Like mm-hmm. that should be number one priority. If you you meet a therapist and it just doesn't click, like I w- was telling you find another therapist there's so many things out there it's just getting it out there and I think that's something else that needs to be done just getting like like black therapy network a therapy for black girls Mm -hmm. I'm always advocating for that and now um I'm gonna be on the platform with black therapy love and which have life coaches and um therapists on there so and, and she started that because she said that a lot of people didn't know where to go including herself for therapists that look like us yeah. So yeah. she started started that platform, but it's just like just being aware. Like I feel like people research everything. Who did Kim Kardashian? But who did this? Right. Yeah, like, right. You need to be researching where you could find the best therapist. Like, yeah, in your area, therapist near me. Google it. And the thing is, it is affordable. I like when I would go in the home. Sometimes we would even give therapy for damn near free, a dollar. Yeah. So it's, and that's in the African American communities. So there are companies that are thinking about the fact that it's not affordable for the families that need it the most. Mm-hmm. So I think people need to just like research in their areas what's available. There's resources there for us to use. We just have to want it enough to use it. Yeah. So that's that's what I would say about that. Yes. And thank you for dropping those resources. If you have others, please let us know and we'll share them as well because you know, access, like Eli mentioned before, affordability, you know, all of these factors come into play when it, you know, as far as prioritizing it for us and Mm -hmm. neglecting it, obviously, as we know, has serious economic effects, social, uh, you know, effects, um, Mm -hmm. you know, towards not only ourselves, but our families, the people we're around, our workplace relationships, like it has a full circle effect. So I'm always emphasizing (laughs) on the podcast, (laughs) I'm emphasizing the importance again, like, you're not crazy. Yeah. It, is, it is a necessity. And, and like Eli said, it is another side to your dish, honey, that you need to have a full plate. You just, that's what you need in your life to be whole. <laughs> nice. And people have to start establishing boundaries and, and mm-hmm. understanding oh, that you can't be everything to everybody yep. all the time. Like you can't. So like during the whole, everything that was happening, like in, in June, right? May and June with all the killings and the, the marching and the riot, everything that was going on. I actually had had to unplug from social mm-hmm. media. Yeah, it's like when you unplug it, you take your phone out of um, you take it out, turn it off, like just rebooting. Like sometimes you have to do that with your, you know, with your mental health. So you have to unplug. It's not that you're not supporting the cause, but sometimes you need to support your cause, which is mm-hmm. you. You are the main cause because you can't go marching and doing any of that stuff if you're not okay because something is gonna trigger you and you're gonna pop. Yeah. So at that point, you have to be able to say, I know myself. I'm an empath, right? I like, I identify with people. I'm very emotional. I'm like a big crybaby. You know that. <laughs> yes. Crybaby all the time. I'm always crying. And so I know those things weigh heavily on me. Mm-hmm. Seeing the deaths publicly, I can't. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can't take it. Like, it, it, I, even though I don't know them, I'm crying. When I yeah. hear the families talk, I feel this knot in my throat. Yes. I have to go back to work the next day and process like nothing ever happened. 
mm-hmm. and that is not okay. So um, I, I just tell people like unplug if you need to, like you're not going to miss anything. Social media is going to be there. Everything is going to be there, but you have to be willing to unplug and take care of yourself, charge yourself up and mm-hmm. fill your thing, your, your cup with whatever it is that you need. Maybe you need to focus more on God. Maybe you need to focus more on school. Maybe you need to focus on your business or whatever it is, but focus on, you know, unplugging the focus on those things so that you, you know, you know yourself. As I said, the most important thing, you just have to know who you are and the kind of person, things that impact you and, and trigger you and things that don't so that you can navigate and set boundaries accordingly. Yeah. yeah. And I'm so glad you said that because just like you mentioned this year, lots and lots of losses, not just from the pandemic, but, you know, as you mentioned, we witnessed a lot of police brutality. And I, and I said that on one of our episodes that at some point um, I had to, you know, unplug myself because I don't think it was just, you know, necessarily impacts. It's us seeing people who look like us on, you know, on screen and normalizing um, mm-hmm. just us dying. So, you know, I, I think it had, it definitely has a serious mental impact. So I'm glad you mentioned that after this year, child, and voting just, it's a lot, it's a lot has been going on. You need a six month vacay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is real. a serious burden. Just all the things that we've had to just endure or receive and, and kind of input. I know I do that. I never on Facebook really, unless it's like a holiday. <laughs> Philly is already trying to drag me on Instagram every other day. And I'm like, no, I don't want to click on the Instagram because I just don't want to be on. Like I'm almost on to the other end. Twitter, I'm on Twitter all the time. Don't ask me why. I think it's because no one I know is on there. <laughs> I think right. that's really why it's sad, but it's the truth. So, uh, you know, yes, this year has been trying unplug. It is like Philly said, it's going to be there. The social is going to be there. You don't have to know every update, the pictures and all that stuff. Just, you know, take a beat, take a beat, step away <laughs> from it, <laughs> clear all those old contacts. You know, you're going to get that Christmas message, girl, just block them, okay. <laughs> block them now. But one thing I do think that is kind of unique about 2020 is that in the midst of all this chaos that's happening, we're... <sighs> It's, it's like that saying, what's what's that? You have to break a few eggs to make an omelet or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's the, <laughs> I feel like it's the collapsing of all these old kind of paradigms and systems so we mm-hmm. can kind of create and revision for a new. So it's like, it's it feels chaotic and, and crazy and foggy when you in the midst of it. But, yeah. you know, what, like we said, one of the main things with COVID was the fact that it forced our asses to sit down. Like, it yeah. Really, sit that I don't care like you it may have been a hard time but it made you sit and it made you breathe and hopefully it made you reflect and really spend some time with yourself so you can start to learn those bound what your boundaries are and start establishing them and and that will lend itself in the long term to how we re-envision and recreate all hopefully these systems that, that you know govern us hallelujah hallelujah breaking down systems generational curses yeah yeah I was just talking to my mama Oh. <laughs> no about like breaking generational curses because she was mm-hmm. like what do you mean by that and I was like you know I feel like we look at it so much as like financial terms and that's great too but like that's really, just one little things. finger right yeah, and it was like a whole list it was like breaking general generational curses is like no longer giving elders the right to dictate your life no longer working in jobs that you don't want like like we just said Thank getting back to it. fucking source <laughs> what, exactly saying what not meaning it. I love that Definitely. No, I was saying, um, so from, from me looking from the, the spiritual's eyes, right, is like God is breaking down a lot of the 
old foundation, the old man and rebuilding new, fresh, you know, like you think about 2020 vision, right? It's, it's clear. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that in the midst of, as you said, in the midst of the chaos, everybody's like, oh my God, I feel crazy that I, but you are forced to sit with yourself. You are forced mm-hmm. to sit and with your spouse, your cousin, mm-hmm. your mama damn, mm-hmm. everybody that <laughs> hurry up and pass. You know, you guys are so much in the hustle and bustle on the, on the little hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. But yes. you are able to sit and a lot of companies had to change their old, old traditional mindset. Yep. The thinking, yeah. oh, we need to sit in the office. No, like you could get stuff done from home. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be wake up at nine, run to office, hour oh lunch break, all this. You know, like this has proven to us and many people that A, life is not promised. Like yeah. I know everybody be uh, like planning, oh, let me plan out my 401k. Let me plan out retirement. Let me do this. Mm-hmm. You ain't even maybe not live to see tomorrow. So yeah. enjoy the people that are there with you in your in your daily lives. Like having time for them, hugging on them, you know, just spending quality time that we don't enjoy how about enjoying the place that we pay for every day because right. okay. Okay. not even going on my balcony not once and i literally okay. live here with that awesome view okay and, yes um, after i was forced to be at home i was on that balcony every day i'm doing um brunches on zoom i'm on the calls <laughs> for work on my mm-hmm. balcony looking out on the water like just really getting back to just relaxing and yeah, really then I got a, I bought my bike I started going bike riding every you day. and that bike yeah. and that little horn That's and that little basket girl <laughs> you should see her on this bike with the basket okay I love it she so loves cute. that bike yeah she loves that bike but it's a part of your your wellness you know it getting is. outdoors breathing in fresh I air sing as loud as I can nobody can't tell me shut up I'm outside <laughs> on my face that vitamin d Yes, melanin. I'm getting everything. Okay, getting my whole life. My hair was natural. I wore my hair natural like most of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I was doing my little wash and goes, the wind blowing through my natural black girl hair. Yes. (laughs) It was was a vibe. It was a whole move. Yeah. I love it though. I like that you put all that stuff in this space because it made me think like like um um self-care. And and all those types of things are are different for everybody, right? Like it's literally just what makes you feel good. You might not want to get your nails done, but you might (laughs) love hiking. You might love swimming. You know what I'm saying? Like self care can be anything. It doesn't have to be meditation. It doesn't have to be yoga. Even though that stuff is awesome, Mm -hmm. you know, it could it could literally just be chilling and watching Netflix in your room. Oh yes, watching Netflix or finishing that chapter you've been trying to get to. You know what I mean? It could be anything. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's a different side for everybody, and not mm-hmm. one is better better or more effective than the other. Yeah. Like Lily says, you really have to figure out what works for you, what you like. Sitting with yourself. What do I like? Yeah. I don't know. Let's find out. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Have those conversations with yourself. Right. Okay. <laughs> But we are getting to the top of the hour. Miss Maxwell, I got her name right now, child. Miss Maxwell, AKA (laughs) Philly. Fun fact, I gave Philly that nickname. I did. We met back at UMES. Child, what year? When did we grab? When was this? 2008? 2007? Oh my gosh. She'll be like, Felicia, Felicia. And then she's like, I just call you Philly. And I was like, okay. And now my family calls me Philly. 
Like before that, it was PC, <laughs> it was B. Um, um, but now it's Philly, like across the board, Philly, Philly, Philly. That's what it is. is. Like that's where Philly State of Mind came from. Yeah, I'm always thinking, I'm always creating, I'm 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 a dreamer, visionary. So boom. Very Pisces. State of Mind. Now, baby. I got, the, I got the domain.com. I got the Gmail. Oh, it's official. Businesses on businesses. I know that's on businesses. Right. right. You better drop you that name. Absolutely. <laughs> so 12 years ago, to know that 12 years ago, where my mindset was about mental health and just all the, I think silly was beating this in my head 12 years oh my ago. God. <laughs> like a dead dog. I was like, <laughs> If you don't go to therapy and stop the food, I tell all my friends to get therapy. Like, y'all need to go to therapy. I should tell everyone that. I think that's what I was saying. Like, okay, everyone doesn't need therapy. But as we've we've discussed, as the theme of the show is that it is literally another side for your platter to be whole. Mm -hmm. Like, you, it is a arm. It is not the only function. It's not, you know, an isolated function necessarily. They have to work. It has to work in sync with all of these other um, wellness techniques and all the things that we're doing to really take care of ourselves. That's, that's the point. That's the mm -hmm. point. Now, 12 years later, Imani has <laughs> found her a therapist on Therapy for Black Girls oh the Erica Lewis Love You Girl. Okay. And it has been amazing. Growth. So yes, growth. It growth. takes growth. It takes time Ugh. is the point. Go at your own pace. Go at your own pace. You know, there is no rush. Like, you know, mm -hmm. as Philly also said, however, every day isn't promised. So, you know, there, there is no rush, but also there is no holdup. Like, what should be the holdup? Exactly. Mental health should always be a priority. And if you haven't made it a priority before, do it now. Start mm -hmm. today. Your today. life depends on it. Your always. mental health. It does. Your children depend on it, too. Yes, you, talk I about mean, it. that stuff carries into your children. It's passed down. Like Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So taking care, show them, a lot of parents always say, I'm doing this for my kid, right? But do that for your kid. Like show them that's the real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, good mental health, like being stable in your mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Finances. If you're stable in your mind, everything else flows. Yeah. Right? So you, you have to be stable in that, taking care of that. That's the first priority. And then everything else follows. So want to leave your children something, leave them some good mental health. Leave them some good communication skills and techniques and tools to yes. use when you're gone. Come on. You better come God on, damn Pastor. it. Right. You better come <laughs> on. Generational wealth right Just there. dropping gems. Dropping the We got to end right there. We got to end right there. We're going to end right there. Thank you so, so, so much, Philly. I love you. Thank you so much for giving us this time. Yes, yes, it was necessary. And we, you know, we always encourage part two. This mental health is endless. There's so many topics and so many just arms that we can talk about with this. So um, we would love to have you. Thank you again for giving the time. Any last gems, Nisha, Eli, that y'all want to drop? Dark and Lovely 89. Um, oh, wow. I just did my domestic violence uh, series. I actually have one more part to do with that. Just um, talking about domestic violence and, and that, how that goes to identifying those um, red flags and things okay. like that. So maybe I'll talk a little bit more about some other things. I know people be wanting to know the stuff. So I normally blog, but I hadn't had the itch to like really blog. So I think I'm more um, evolving into more of talking it out and doing yeah. a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You know, just to get it out, get some. You filling it out. See, you filling out different avenues, child. Writing, speaking it out, it all—it's all effective. It is all effective. 
But um, no, I think I think it's just what what we keep saying, right? Like I said before, just just getting back to source and being self-reflective so you can learn your boundaries and Mm -hmm. and know what fills you up and and really just try to live your life in alignment and with with what's for you right like I think that's that's one of the biggest protectors of of inner peace and and essentially mental health you know what I'm saying like you 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 gotta move from this this idea that you need external validation you know, and I'm not saying that that's hard. I mean, not, not that that's hard. I'm not saying that that's easy. It's definitely hard yeah. to unlearn all those types of things, right? But just like you said, Imani, like, I mean, tomorrow's not promised, but also what are you waiting for, right? Yeah. Like so much of life is trial and error. You never really going to get it right. The yeah. first time. That's what I tell so much of my younger, um, like cousins and stuff. They always ask me and siblings, like they always ask me, well, you know, I like as an adult and well, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do, sweetie? I can't tell you that. You and I hate to yeah. tell you that it's like the most unadult advice to give, but you got to figure that shit out for yourself, boo. I'm a, we're going, you're, you have the support system, but ultimately yeah. it comes down to you. That's really right. what it is. Our parents didn't know what they was doing, clearly. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we're breaking them the, the barriers down now, okay? That's the right. general, i.e. generational right. curses that we're trying to break through. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Eli, any last words, last gems? Know thyself and to thy own self be true. There you go. Okay. Gotta be, gotta be extra with it, don't you? Gotta be extra. <laughs> we love you for it, though. <laughs> On that note, thank you again for joining us. We will show this. This will wrap up uh, Wednesday for our weekly roll-up. Make sure you tune in next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Follow us on Instagram at whilst we roll. Email us at whilst we roll at gmail.com to suggest show topics. And we'll see you next time. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Whilst We Roll podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Whilst We Roll and tune into our page each Wednesday for the weekly roll up. Mm